inspired by the word of God, you can be more fully alive. This is Full-Time Catholic Radio for Southeast Michigan, 990 WDEO, Ypsilanti, Detroit, or on the Internet at WDEO.net. Crest in the Afternoon is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. With the New York Times in one hand and the Catechism of the Catholic Church in the other, Al Cresta is ready for conversations of consequence. A good Catholic is a faithful citizen. Make America great again! What's more important here is not saving the country, it's saving your soul. It's a bold strategy. Let's see if it pays off for us. Trust in the media has hit its lowest point. I want the truth! What is truth? age of the passive layperson can't go on. It's our job to share that love of Christ with these people. This is an excellent mission, sir, with an extremely valuable objective. Broadcasting from the studios of Ave Maria Radio in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and taking a closer Catholic look at current events, issues, and ideas. This is Cresta in the Afternoon. Al, this is an excellent program. You have a wonderful show. I love listening to my car. That's a great question to start off with. You are in for a show tonight. Here we go again. Good afternoon. I'm Al Cresta. Thank you for being here. We're going to continue our conversations with Father Thomas Cavanaugh and Dr. John Love in today's workshop on winning friends for Christ one conversation at a time. You know, recently um, got some emails from people uh, complaining that we didn't spend any time talking about uh, the scandal that went on in uh, Rome. And uh, the truth is, we actually did. We did not only a news segment on it, but we did an extended interview on what we actually know about that story. I'm not going to go into the details of it right now, because it will take us too far afield. But, you know, it, it always surprises me when I hear people that want more dirt. Uh, the information is fine. We should have the information, because it helps us in our decision-making about who's reliable, who's not reliable. But we uh, we covered that story uh, on three separate occasions, and to uh, be told that we didn't cover it at all means that we guess we didn't make as big a splash about it as we should. And the reason for that is we don't major on what's wrong with the church. We try to major on what's right with the church. We know what's wrong. We live it. Uh, I've always said working in a uh, Christian institution is like seeing the church with its pants down. You're, you're given much, you have to deal with much more than you ever wanted to. Uh, nevertheless, it doesn't mean you have to sit there and gawk over the shortcomings of people, and that means clergy as well. Yes, be honest about it. If you have to demystify certain people, do it. Uh, it's, it's important that people have a sense of reality about what church is about. But, you know, what is the reality of the church? The reality of the church is the direct action of God in this world. Salvation worked through the crucifixion, resurrection, ascension, and session of Jesus, and sending of the Holy Spirit. That's what the essence of the church is. The essence of the church isn't the sins of its members, nor is it the essence of the church, the sins of its leadership. The essence of the church is how do we carry out the missionary mandate that we've been given? 
we've been baptized, united with Christ. His mission becomes our mission. His destiny becomes our destiny. So today, we're spending uh, all of our time focusing on how to win friends for Christ one conversation at a time. My guests, Father Thomas Cavanaugh, the Diocese of Arlington, and Dr. John Love, who I've mentioned before, is my son-in-law. I always feel I have to say that because... Uh, I'm always afraid people say, well, why don't you supposed to have a disclosure here, don't you? Of course I'm disclo- I like the people to know. Uh, I don't want somebody to come on up afterwards and say, why didn't you tell us who that was? Well, look, they're doing a great job in this work of ev- the new evangelization. And would that uh, all dioceses would be doing the work that we see going on in the Archdiocese of Detroit, the Diocese of Lansing, Michigan, the uh, Diocese of Arlington, Virginia, all over, and there are there are lots of great places where uh, bishops have decided that we've entered a new era of human history, or at least church history. Christendom is past. We're in a new apostolic era. We have to learn again. We have to start from scratch. We have to start from the bottom. We have to learn how, once again, to uh, present, discuss, demonstrate, and defend the fundamental gospel proclamation that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. That's what we're doing this next hour. But first, the news headlines. Thank you, Al. Good afternoon, everyone. This is your Ave Maria Radio News for Monday, July 17th. It's the Feast of St. Francis Solano. Today's news is brought to you by Charity Mobile. Pro-life and Catholic causes can be found at CharityMobile.com. The White House is still playing down Donald Trump Jr.'s meeting with a Russian attorney last year. There was nothing, that, as far as we know, that would lead anyone to believe that, uh, that there was anything except for a discussion about adoption of the Majinsky Act. In an off-camera briefing today, White House spokesman Sean Spicer said it turned out to be a discussion about the adoption of Russian babies. Trump Jr. had said the meeting was billed as a chance to get some dirt on Democrat Hillary Clinton. President Trump has called it opposition research and has argued that it's perfectly normal in politics. The revised Republican health care bill is facing some unexpected issues. The nonpartisan Congressional Budget Office delayed its assessment of the bill by at least a day. Its assessment was expected to unveil the bill's impacts today. Meanwhile, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell is counting on a yes vote from Senator John McCain, but McCain is recovering from surgery to remove a blood clot from his left eye. The second round of negotiations for Britain's exit from the European Union are resuming in Brussels. This round will last until Thursday, and officials on both sides have until March 2019 to hammer out a deal. Jack Parak reports. The initial discussions are focusing on the rights of EU citizens living in the UK, the amount the UK is expected to pay in prior financial commitments to the EU, and the border between Northern and the Republic of Ireland. The EU says until those issues are resolved, there will be no talks about a future trade deal. Brexit talks resume off the back of a weekend of major divisions between UK government ministers, with Brexit Secretary David Davis believed to be being urged to stage a leadership challenge against Prime Minister Theresa May. Jack Parrock, Brussels. A recent report claims more Syrians have been killed by Russia than by the Islamic State. The report by the Syrian Network for Human Rights also claims Russia's bombardment operations have targeted unarmed civilians, violating the rules of international human rights law that protect the right to life. The report says Russian forces have engaged in war crimes. An Israeli archaeologist says he's made a discovery that backs up the ownership of a vineyard by a man named Naboth in the Old Testament. Dr. Norma Franklin says while leading the Jezreel expedition, it's been proven that the Jezreel Valley has an area that produced wine. 
The expedition used laser technology to analyze the region and found several wine and olive presses, as well as over 100 bottle-shaped pits carved into the stone of the region. Dr. Franklin says the discovery shows the area was used to store wine, proving the biblical story in 1 Kings 21 of Naboth and his vineyard. And now for your fascinating fact for the day. Penguins have an organ above their eyes that converts seawater to freshwater. Filling in for Nick Tom, Steve Clark, Avi Maria, Radio News. Good afternoon. I'm Al Cresta. With me, uh, Father Thomas Cavanaugh and Dr. John Love. How to win friends for Christ one conversation at a time. Before the break, we were focusing on a, a portion of the book where uh, it's called Radiating Christ. And I was just ra- raising the question of, I understand what's meant by that. Um, there is a certain kind of uh, glory that comes from encountering the face of Jesus, and, and there is a reflection that occurs in our lives. But sometimes this is subject to misunderstanding. People think that by saying that um, you're radiating Christ, that you're uh, presuming to have reached such a high degree of spiritual advancement uh, that you're way above those you're trying to reach. So I wanted to clear that up. And go ahead. Was it uh, Father Thomas? You were going to take that. Sure. Um, well, so one of our resources for that concept was uh, a book called "Radiating Christ" uh, by, I believe, um, Raoul Plou, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, um, Thomas Gallagher again, who um, was, you know, one of the key guys that helped start the the mission trips. Um, he introduced us to the book, and uh, I mean, there's a guy that really <laughs> he radiates Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, but but it, it doesn't. Um, it's not really about your personal holiness. Mm-hmm. Um, it's sort of like, you know, I, I might not be someone that that tans very well, uh, but if I go and I sit in the sun, then you know, at least at first, it's going to look tan. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna, you know, the 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 the, the sun um, is going to kind of radiate off of me, um, and uh, and so and you're gonna be able to tell. Wow, you spent some time in the sun, and uh, um, you know, and so I mean, it actually can be dangerous to spend too much time in the sun. Just like you know, if you if you if you think that you're, you know, you're further along in the spiritual life than you are, then then when you you know, try to present yourself that way, or or you uh, or you try to you know, do more than what your soul is ready for. Mm-hmm. Then you know you you know, um, you know that you've you've gone too far. You've gotten you know be, beyond where you're at. But what Jesus says in the Gospels is, whoever wishes to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the sake of the gospel will find it. And so, um, you know, the, the fundamental principle of discipleship is self-denial. Yes. To, to, to give uh, Jesus away, or to give yourself away, you know, with Jesus. And, uh, and no matter where you're at, if, you're, if you've been, um, you know, living a, a sinful life, um, and then you decide, okay, I'm going to deny myself, take up my cross and, and follow Jesus, I'm going to lose my life because I want to find my life. You know, even if you, you you just came back to the church and did a confession, and you and, and then tomorrow you're going to go on a mission trip, mm-hmm. or, or just you know love the people in your family, nobody's going to complain about that. 
<laughs> and so yeah. it, we're just we're made we're made to be given we're made to be gift yeah. and and so when we do that um it's you know it you know you're going to be able to give more when you've received more but but if you give what you have received um then um it's going to be it's going to it's going to be pleasing to those that receive it john you want to follow up yeah yeah and maybe just two quick points one is that evangelizing is much more about what jesus wants to do than like what i the disciple am now equipped to do you know and and so evangelization is participation in jesus in in god and the trinity Mm -hmm. reaching out to other people so it's it's not about me it's about what god is doing um and like uh teresa saint teresa of calcutta it's about christ's thirst for souls and you know and we we kind of invoke that in the book and the other thing is it just reminds this this question reminds me of paul's image you know that we are earthen vessels and we hold you know priceless treasure and that image has always been interesting to me because you know, like a kind of a, a clay pot that's broken and has some holes in it, yeah. allows more of the treasure to kind of flow through. Mm-hmm. And and so often, you know, it's in our brokenness, it's in yeah. our woundedness, you know, that Christ is able to work. And and it, you know, it's sort of amazing. You know, we thought that was a weak point, but that's that's precisely the place where Jesus can pour His life through us mm-hmm. to others. Yeah, e- even in the um, encounter of Jesus with the Samaritan woman, <clears throat> uh, Jesus is not a broken man, but He's a thirsty man, <laughs> and yeah, it's at his right. moment of being thirsty, you know, his need for water at that point, that enables him to, you know, encounter the Samaritan woman. So I think you're absolutely right. Oftentimes it's the places where we are uh, in need, needy, broken, um, that gives us a, a point of a great contact, and also that becomes the um, um, the crack that the light shines through uh, most vividly. Humility just seems to ride piggyback, doesn't it? I mean, the encounter with Christ doesn't lead to self-exaltation. Um, it leads to right. humility. It just that's that's what happens. That's that's the experience. Right. Uh, you're 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 uh, you're deflated of all your. Um, um, uh, your sense of, of pride, and you are uh, right. you recognize your source. Uh, the source of life is in Him. Uh, any uh, gifts, talents, uh, wonderful relationships you have are a result of His love for you. So that's uh, I think that always uh, accompanies the encounter with Christ is that sense of humility. And uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, discipleship isn't an accomplishment, it's a relationship. <laughs> right, right. No, very good. Very good. Um, you, when you begin, you begin a chapter by saying winning for, how to win friends for Christ, initiating evangelizing conversations. Uh, let's talk a little bit about that. Uh, do you... Did you instruct people to, to have leading questions or to somehow uh, offer brief, uh, short testimonies of their own experience? Tell me how you help initiate those evangelizing conversations. What did you do? Yeah, so we... Um, uh, so in, in seminary, we, we talk about uh, um, there's four... 
pillars of formation. There's uh, intellectual, there's spiritual, there's pastoral formation, and there's human formation. Mm-hmm. And so we 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 used um, uh, how to win friends and influence people by Dale Carnegie as kind of a, a model for you know the the connection between pastoral and human um, in in this section of the book. And so uh, and and really all the credit uh, goes to. Chuck Reinhold, who, who I mentioned in the beginning of of the book, uh, who, uh, who really he gave that that phrase to me. He, he would always say, "How to win friends and influence." For uh, it's, this book needs to be baptized to be how to win friends and influence people for Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, when, when he when he would reference Dale Carnegie, and uh, and so I mean, there's there's certain you, you know what Pope Saint John Paul II talks about is is how you know our body. Um, you know, we, we communicate through our body, and so I mean, we have everything from you know smiling to uh, uh, to eye contact, you know, handshake, mm-hmm. um, your posture. Um, you know, if there's two of you, which is what we recommend um, to uh, you know to to have you know one person kind of be the lead and the other one's kind of stepping back, letting the other you know just. Uh, um, um, be there interceding, mm-hmm. and, um, and mm-hmm. it's not intimidating to have. You know, it, it, it is intimidating to have two people kind of um, standing. Yeah, know, kind of ganging up. Yeah, yeah. Right, right, and, right. Um, and then the the motivation in in a more simple, you know, Gil, Dale Carnegie language is to show a true interest in the other person. You know, so before you said anything, you've done your 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 body and your intention are right, and then and then the primary thing is to listen really listen to the person because you're you're not you know you're not trying to make an argument you're trying to get to know the person in order to share jesus with them we're going to continue on the other side of the break taking a look at initiating conversations uh in the work of evangelization my guests again dr john love and father thomas cavanaugh they collaborated on the book how to win friends for christ one conversation at a time Ann Arbor Smiles has a state-of-the-art dental practice led by the talents of Dan Kennedy, Chris Marzoni, and Stephen Gray. Their goal of service is reflected in evening and Saturday hours. One of their many satisfied patients is Peter Herbeck, host of Fire on the Earth. From checkups to braces to bridges, the doctors and dentists at Ann Arbor Smiles have given my family courteous, professional, and state-of-the-art dental care, the kind of care I would recommend to anyone in our listening audience. Go to annarborsmiles.com today. Hi, I'm Peggy Stanton, and I'm inviting you to join me on Power from the Pews when I interview the people who are engaged in remarkable ministries that are making a real difference in their parishes and the world. That's this Saturday at 11 a.m. and Sunday at 9.30 a.m. on Ave Maria Radio. Severe drought is creating a crisis of malnutrition for more than 20 million people in Africa. Join Cross Catholic Outreach and help feed these suffering children and families. Your support will equip African priests, nuns, and Catholic ministries with the life-saving resources they need to serve the poor. Get more information at 866-765-4280, 866-765-4280, or visit crosscatholic.org slash Africa Famine. 
Cresta in the Afternoon is underwritten in part by Charity Mobile. Communication is critical, and in today's world, your cellular service is your lifeline to family and friends. Ave Maria Radio and Charity Mobile are partners in communicating the most important message of all, the good news of Jesus Christ. Charity Mobile is a provider of cellular LTE phones and service and has been a proud supporter of Ave Maria Radio and other pro-life causes for more than 10 years. More information at CharityMobile.com. Charity Mobile. Charity begins at phone. When you're looking for care for a loved one and you want them to remain independent and living at home, Visiting Angels is ready to serve. Visiting Angels franchises provide the compassionate, professional caregivers needed to deliver the best home care available. You may select your caregiver before service begins. Services include bathing, dressing, errands, light housekeeping, meal preparation, and more, up to 24 hours each day. With over 500 franchised offices nationwide, Visiting Angels is America's choice in senior home care. Employment opportunities and caregiving for Visiting Angels are available. You'll receive the support needed to fulfill your goal of achieving a caring career. Franchise opportunities are also available. Call today at 877-374-LIVE or visit us online at visitingangels.com. That's 877-374-LIVE. Visiting Angels at 877-374-LIVE. Each office is independently owned and operated. It's time for Family Man with Dr. Gregory Popcha. We're told that money can't buy happiness, and that's largely true. But new research from the Harvard Business School shows that what we do spend our money on can actually boost how happy we feel. It turns out spending money on ourselves or buying things, even fun things, doesn't really do much to make us happier. But when we use our money to invest in others, by giving to a charity, helping a stranger, or even buying our friend lunch, we experience a lift. Our Catholic faith tells us that we're stewards of the gifts God's given us, and that being a good steward means sharing what we have. I guess it shouldn't come as too big a surprise to know that when we follow God's will for our lives and our money, He gives us the grace to be happier. Would you like to be happier today? Find someone you can invest in and be generous. You'll be happy you did. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak, but you can call me Family Man. To discover more ways faith can enrich your life, visit CatholicCounselors.com. Good afternoon. I'm Al Cresta. With me, uh, Father Thomas Cavanaugh and Dr. John Love. They have collaborated on the book, How to Win Friends for Christ, One Conversation at a Time, and doing a little bit of a workshop today, uh, better uh, understanding better, the, uh, getting comfortable with the idea of what it means to share Christ. And uh, in the chapter on initiating conversations, and you went through this uh, last segment, some very ba- very basic things to remember, and that is make eye contact, uh, have a warm handshake, uh, uh, show up, have a posture that shows that you're interested in the other person, and show that real interest in the other person. And you said listen, and I, I'd like to you know just elaborate a little bit on listening, because I think many people when they decide that they ought to be sharing uh, their faith in Christ, what they're doing is they're expecting to go and proclaim, to talk, to share something right now. And what you, uh, what you in a sense, warn against here is uh, jumping too quickly to speaking. Yeah. Spend your time, listen, 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 is what you say. Would you like to uh, go into that a little more? Yeah, absolutely. Um 
you know, this is this is one of those things where, um, you know, is it really practical to contemplate the face of Christ? Is it really, is prayer really the most important aspect of evangelization? Um, well, absolutely. I mean, if you can't if you can't sit and listen to Jesus for you know thirty minutes to an hour every day, how are you going to learn to to listen to both what he's you know, communicating to you in an evangelization conversation, and also, uh, how are you going to listen to others mm-hmm. the way Jesus uh, wants you to listen to them if you've never, um, you know, seen how He listens to you? And so that the you know, you know, oftentimes you, know, you go to prayer and 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 you kind of feel like nothing happened. I, I just talked for thirty minutes to an hour to Jesus, and He didn't say anything. Yeah. But what a great friend! I mean, to just sit there. and and listen to me, uh, you know, pour my heart out, and and he just takes it in. He doesn't criticize. He doesn't condemn it. He just receives it, and uh, and then and then you know, in that you know, that you if you need some correction or or, or um, you know or or rebuke, you kind of get a, a natural sense like, oh, actually, I'm sorry about that, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, right. I you know because you 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 hear yourself, and so. So the, I mean that contemplation of the face of Christ is it's so connected with this practical of listening to the person. Mm-hmm. So that's a discipline yeah. you've learned in prayer uh, to listen uh, to Christ, and so that again that equips you uh, to be listen to the other uh, person mm-hmm. that you're sharing uh, Christ with. That's right, and, and I think so many times we think about conversations and we immediately think about talking. Yeah, exactly. But of course conversations between people always are going to include talking and listening. Um, and so from the perspective of somebody who wants to evangelize, you know, if you want to kind of have a meaningful impact in this person's life, you need to know a bit about them in order to say something that's significant to them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so the listening has, has a real kind of practicality. Um, and and also, you know, we talk about this too in the in the book. Um, once you have listened to someone for a while, then then they're more open to listen to you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's sort of like you've shown your good faith. You've shown, you know, this is not just box checking, um, but you're actually invested in them. You know, in time and in interest and effort and all those things. And so, if what if what your if your goal is to share Christ with them, to tell them about what Christ wants to do for them in their life, then listening to them opens a door, you know, makes them more willing to listen to you. You know, I, I think that's it's, it's so foundational, and I, I couldn't agree more. Um, how about this, This we, we touched on this a little bit earlier, and that is allowing um, the, the, the cracks in your pot, so to speak, uh, be uh, places of contact to be able to admit that uh, you have been wrong or are wrong, or that something um, to be able to share, uh, you know, your own shortcomings. Um, that can be a strategic or at least tactical uh, help uh, spoken at the right time. Uh, because I, I assume you're yeah. admitting, disclosing something because you're uh, letting the other person know that you share a common experience of brokenness. Right. 
Right, and um, at the end of the chapter, we have it's more than twenty bullet points. Yeah, you know, just sort of do's and don'ts, which include this idea about admitting faults. Yeah, and you know, I think um, in in the year two thousand, which is a while ago now, but um, Saint John Paul went around apologizing for things that Christians had done that were bad. Um, and that's a great example of, you know, this sort of practice, because that work that he did, you know, as the Pope, as, the, you know, sort of the universal shepherd and vicar of Christ mm-hmm. on earth and everything, that that action that he took over and over again in, in the year of the Great Jubilee really opened up a lot of people's hearts and a lot of people's minds to the Catholic Church. You know, if if they're willing to admit their faults, then you know, then I'm willing to have a conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, this is someone with whom I can deal. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, and and I mean, in that just before the do's and the don'ts, it, there's a story about a a seminarian that um, um, that he was one of the best evangelists that we had. I mean, uh, he he would. I mean, every single. You know, a lot of guys would come back from the day and say, "Oh, I had this great conversation. I, I think I started to, you know, open up a, a little crack in the door." And this seminarian, he would open the door. He'd go in. He'd sit on the sofa. He'd get a drink out of the fridge. I mean, this guy was like, he was. I mean, best friends with these people. And and they're and and, and then I talk about it in the in that mm-hmm. chapter where you know and and so he's, but he you know he's there. Um, he he doesn't like to get too far away from the smoker section of the of the campus. So he's sitting there, you know, bumming cigarettes. <laughs> and you know, on one hand, I'm like, oh, is that a really good example? I mean, that's just not that's not going to be the best way to do it. Then I you know think, well, Jesus is one of the big accusations of Jesus was, you know, he was a drunk a drunkard and a gluttony. <laughs> right. And so you know, so okay, so I guess this can't be all bad. And um, and and so he's just he's just standing there talking, and I, I mean you can you know read the the full story um, in um, in the book, but but the end of that conversation, and this was this didn't just happen once with this guy. You walk up and you get there at the end, and it was I mean it was, you could like almost plan on it ending this way, where the person's like, yeah, so so um, when I become Catholic. Um, uh, do I like what? What does that mean? Like I, you know, I, I can, you know, what's the difference? And you're like, what? Is, what is this guy doing? And like, the only thing different between him and everyone else is he's smoking cigarettes. And uh, and I mean that just that that brokenness. And I'm not encouraging smoking cigarettes. Right, right. Um, but but you know, this guy, he he just he was he was aware of his brokenness, and he wasn't a. You know, he he realized Jesus loved him not because of his sins and not despite his sins. He loved him, you know, in his brokenness. He wasn't going to wait until he was perfected in Christ likeness before he shared Jesus. Yeah. Oh yeah, and he he saw he saw Jesus in people. Yeah. Because he could because Jesus Jesus saw himself in this smoking seminary. Yeah. So he he saw Jesus. And that that's what really made it so powerful. Yeah, I love the st- I love the story in the book. I mean, um, the, 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 saying very little for the first thirty minutes each time he nudged the conversation a little more towards religion. She finally asked, "Well, I'm actually very uh, interested. Now, what is it that you believe?" <laughs> I just think that's a beautiful swinging open of the door there, and he, right. he did very little more than listen uh, for that half hour. Right. Yeah, right. That's beautiful. 
Um, you know, it's something I should mention, too, here that I don't think we've talked about yet, and that is the extraordinary joy and sense of uh, fitness uh, that, that comes over a person when they've been uh, involved in, a sh- uh, in sharing Christ and seeing um, Jesus received. Uh, I think the, all in my life uh, I've had the opportunity to be involved in many uh, evangelistic encounters. And uh, something I've noticed is that uh, as many years as I've been involved, the the joy that I receive when there's been a serious exchange or even a firm commitment uh, to pr- proceed on to baptism, uh, the joy that uh, I experienced remains as intense today as when it first happened back in, I think it was 1975. So uh, there is, it has always struck me that there's a certain supernatural quality to that. Um, because yeah. it, it goes it goes beyond just being oh that was good you know I'm glad uh, yeah. I'm glad that happened there's a certain overflow uh, of enjoyment and and, and uh, a sense of having uh, having been used for something uh, for which you were created uh, I was I was made for this yeah 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 and. Um this is I think this story's in the book too, but um that really struck me when we were getting ready for the first uh trip, which I think was back in twenty eleven um, and it at that point it occurred to me that uh when I was on a mission trip in two thousand in mexico um in our group, you know there were some who who prayed for this woman who you know the family was very concerned um she she had been laying still in their little house, not breathing, mm. not responding for several days, and, and they were really worried. And the missionaries were sort of like, "Well, I think she's dead." Um, but the re- people really wanted them to pray, and so they prayed. Um, and the woman immediately got up and made some rice and served them food. You know, it's so beautiful, so biblical, so powerful in you know, wow. this this moment of, of really resurrection. I mean, you know, it's bringing back the life. Yeah. And and the thing that struck me was I completely forgot about that for years and years, <laughs> yeah. maybe ten years, you know, until until they had asked me to give you know to talk about experiences on mission. But I remember faces and times and places and conversations where people converted yeah. so vividly. You know, that conversion was was a much more memorable yeah. event. That's somebody right. Somebody being raised from the dead. Isn't that something? Yeah. Hold it there, uh, gents. We'll be right back. My guests again, uh, Father Thomas Cavanaugh and Dr. John Love, <clears throat> spending uh, some kind of a bit of a workshop today. How to win friends for Christ, one conversation at a time. I'm Al Cresto. This is Lewis Brown, director of CMF Curo, a Catholic healthcare ministry that provides an affordable Catholic healthcare option nationwide. We have come to a unique time in our history. Healthcare costs are rising and our religious freedom is being challenged. CMF Curo empowers you to live the new evangelization in your healthcare. Visit our website for more information about CMF Curo. Go to cmfcuro.com. That's cmfcuro.com. Christian caring, Christian sharing. 
Here's a family minute with child psychologist Dr. Ray Garendi from Ave Maria Radio. Do you worry that if you hold your child accountable for his behavior, little Linus will lie? I've heard that from many parents. They wonder that if, in fact, they confront Linus with what he did and then tell him he's going to be held accountable for what he did, they will unwittingly teach him to lie. First of all, the prime duty here is to hold Linus accountable for what he did. Thirty years from now, a judge is not going to go, you know, I'm not going to sentence you because I'm afraid I'll teach you to lie. Second of all, if Linus lies to avoid the consequences of his actions, and you know that, then you know what the truth is. So I would suggest you hold him accountable for lying also. Remember, responsibility, the willingness to accept the results of one's actions, is a prime characteristic of maturity. Many children will lie to try to avoid that. That's their early on, immature way of getting out of the consequences. That's okay. We can deal with that. It's a separate issue. Never parent in fear that a child will do something worse if you do what is right. I'm Dr. Rick. Cresta in the Afternoon is brought to you in part by the Ave Maria Mutual Funds. Investment funds that are designed and screened to be pro-life and pro-family. Six different Ave Maria Mutual Funds are available to help you reach your long-term investment objectives. Smart investing and Catholic values. The number to learn more about the Ave Maria Mutual Funds is 866-AVE-MARIA. That's 866-283-6274 or at AveMariaFunds.com. Ever thought you'd make a bungle by trading in or selling your used vehicle only to find out it's worth a dinner for two? Well, it's much more valuable to donate your vehicle to Ave Maria Radio. Thousands of Americans donate their vehicle each year. The donation to Ave Maria is easy, tax-deductible, and supports our efforts to evangelize. A year from now, will you remember that dinner or your gracious and selfless donation? Go to AveMariaRadio.net to find out more. That's AveMariaRadio.net. Scanning Facebook one afternoon, I felt compelled to share a video with my own comments. It takes people with peace to promote it. The video showed a white police officer praying with three African Americans just ahead of the 2016 Republican National Convention. The group was praying for peace. They wanted to show solidarity before a week that could have erupted in unrest. After praying, each person hugged the police officer. It is through prayer that we find that peace within ourselves and ultimately in the world, a peace we so desperately need today. In a time where campaigns intended to educate are dividing the nation and where police officers called to protect are being killed, we need prayer. But first, we must look deep in our own spirits and examine if we truly have peace within. Pray for that personal peace. Then reach out to your brothers and sisters, friends and neighbors, even strangers, and invite them to pray with you. And maybe there'll be world peace. This has been a Christ Center Communication Message. I'm Vanessa Denhagarmo, Communications Evangelist. Good afternoon. 
afternoon. I'm Al Cresta. With me, Dr. John Love and Father Thomas Cavanaugh, collaborators on the book, How to Win Friends for Christ, One Conversation at a Time. Really, in and of itself, it's a little workshop. And we've been exploring the different uh, chapters, uh, the different instructives, uh, instructions, and uh, the theology that uh, the spiritual theology that uh, underpins uh, the entire book, and we are, uh, you know, I'm just realizing that again the clock continues to uh, tick away, and we're we're going to have to we have one more segment here that we can uh, spend together. Let me let me uh, just ask something that might seem obvious. What is the essential gospel message? so that nobody can be confused about when we talk about sharing Jesus, what does that mean? What is the essential gospel message, objectively speaking? John, you want to go ahead? Sure. Um, When we boil that down, maybe to a single statement, um, we say, God loves you, he's in love with you, and he longs to have a relationship with you. Mm And and then we invite people, you know, on behalf of the Catholic Church, uh, to learn more about Christ uh, and the church that He founded, to to come into that relationship. Um, you know, there's there's a basic content which which sort of is a kind of quick summary of the creed. You know, um, that you know God made everything good. Um, human beings turned away from his order, plan, and design, and sin. You know, eventually, uh, God sent his son, Jesus, uh, who was born, uh, became like us in all things but sin, uh, was crucified, died, was buried, was resurrected, ascended, uh, and has, with the Father, sent us the Spirit uh, to share his life with us and give us the opportunity to live in him uh, a, a life that even death cannot take away. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it doesn't, I, I think it's, it's pretty familiar material to most people, but maybe it's a question of kind of encapsulating it yeah. and, and getting familiar with it so that when asked, yeah. you can, you can just let it roll out and, and, and you can, you can share not only like the truth, but also your excitement about it. And yes. I think that's, that's important. Yeah, and and uh, you also suggest in the book uh, learning to uh, capsulize your own experience in a, a short two three minute uh, presentation. Uh, so you've got the objective uh, charisma, you know, the essential gospel right. message, but you also have the your own. Uh, uh, capsule summary of how it's impacted your life and right. i know in my experience learning to it took a while to realize how important this was but to be able to uh in two or three minutes quickly kind of give the uh, you know the, the elevator speech here uh about yeah. what christ has done in your life uh and it, it, uh, i've never never regretted having done that it took me a few hours to figure out what to do and i had people uh, listen to it and challenge me on it and uh, and i just kept working on it and uh, it's been incredibly helpful uh every ever since it's been 40 years or so now uh did you did you uh did you make that a, a requirement of those who participated in the work 
Yeah, so a big a big part of the of the preparation. So you know, it's forty days of 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 daily prayer, scripture, adoration, um, and uh, but during that time, the the leaders of of the missionary team would would pair up all the guys. Sometimes it was three, but mostly it was just two guys, and we tried to match them up in a in a in a way that would be balanced so that, you know, if you have a real intellectual guy, then you have a relational guy. And so what we would do, we'd give them, you know, the basically what's in, um, I think it's uh, chapter uh, chapter 6, um, we'd teach them how to do a testimony. We'd give them a few examples of it. And then they had to, they had to sit together at lunch and um, share their testimony with each other and work on that with each other. And then... They had to sit with other seminarians that they didn't know and, and say, hey, can I share with you my testimony? Mm-hmm. I'm going on this mission trip. Can I share it? And so they'd, they'd get sort of feedback on what was powerful and effective, um, inspirational, or you know what, what could be trimmed down or, or, uh, or, or maybe um, not as effective or, you know, gosh, I wouldn't say that because that might be offensive. Mm-hmm. What have you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you're getting some good feedback on it. And, uh, and so they would do that for, you know, you know, they had—I forget the the quota that they had to hit—but they had to do it at least four or five times at lunch, yeah. practicing on this, and then they would report to us on how that went, and and um, and so uh, yeah, and, and practice really you know was was key. So this uh, you, you drew this from Acts 26, I understand. Uh, so uh, the first first stage is uh, life before I knew Jesus Christ. My life in Jesus Christ, uh, uh, excuse me, uh, how I came to know Jesus uh, is point two. Then my life in Christ today, uh, three. And then four, the challenge and invitation to the listener. Uh, I mean, that sounds pretty simple. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's yeah. Pretty, pretty straightforward. Yeah. And, and there's, I mean, there's different ways of doing it. I mean, Augustine's Confessions is, is a testimony, right? So that's sure. a book. Of course, um, but 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 we're we're trying to you know figure out you know how would you at work or uh, you know on the the train to work or, or you know in the, your carpool or you know what have you how would you share your testimony with somebody mm-hmm. and um, and and so uh, you know and Jesus really really wants you to share how you how you how he you. Know, came into your life mm-hmm. um, and how he how he makes your life better so that he can open you can open the door for him to enter into their life as well mm-hmm. and so so we're trying to think how do how do you do this quickly and um it's actually been really neat uh there's a lot of you know family uh, families that have you know gotten the book and and uh i've had emails and and phone calls and and letters sent to me over the last few months from moms and dads saying, "This is perfect for parenting." I'm like, oh, what? This is college campus evangelization. Like, this is perfect for parenting because my kids will not sit and, and listen to me, you know, talk about, you know, like what is, you know, why do we um, have devotion to the Blessed Mother for, you know, very long? But I, but if I share my my testimony yeah. about how I came to know Jesus better through devotion to Mary. Then they pay attention. Yeah, you know, yeah. and uh, and I mean, so many different examples like that. Uh, where where or, or my my son hasn't gone to church in, in twenty years, and I use these principles where I shared my story 
with my son, and now he's coming to church with me. Yeah. You know, after 20 years of being away, you know, so it's it's really neat to see how it's helping people in that way because we didn't. I I personally didn't know what was going to happen with that. I think parents often assume that their children pick up their testimony kind of through osmosis. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, we need to be reminded that uh, our children need to hear explicitly from us uh, mm. on to, to what our spiritual history has been so that they uh, begin thinking themselves in terms of uh, that story uh, and ask themselves about their relationship to Christ. Uh, how does it compare to what mom and dad uh, went through? Uh, do I really know Jesus like I should? Uh, so yeah, that's uh, I, I hadn't thought of that in terms of the family, but you're right. This would be a good a good guide uh, for parents to pick up and use in helping their children can uh, focus on this work of evangelization. Uh, John, what do you uh, what do you see uh, as far as the future goes for the Catholic Church in America on this work of the new evangelization? Do you, do you see it? You've been teaching in seminary now for a number of years. Yeah. Do you see things getting better? Um, well, I guess in terms of evangelization, um, I, there's there's something really significant that I've seen happen here in the seminary itself. Mm-hmm. And that, like when Father Thomas was here uh, as a seminarian, um, evangelization was seen as kind of a fringe activity. Okay. You know, some of those kind of people wanted to do this or that. You know, if, if that's what you like, then that's fine. Go ahead sure. and do that. I, you know, I'm not interested, but but that's good for you. I'm glad somebody's doing it. Um, and maybe a year or two after Father Thomas left, you know, once guys, more of the seminarians had been on mission trips, um, I asked the deacon class that I, you know, I was teaching them one of their required courses. I asked them, how many of you see yourself as missionaries? And they all raised their hands. Hmm. Um, and there was this profound cultural shift and, and kind of <laughs> vision shift about what it means to be a Christian, what it means to be a priest, um, where before the idea was, you know, a priest is there to kind of maintain the communities that they're sent to, you know, make sure they've got access to the sacraments, you know, but just kind of keep them going. Now, the seminarians, through their experience of this training um, and and this evangelization, they understood quite well that all Christians are called to this work, mm-hmm. and and this is a fundamental part of our identity. Uh, the identity of the church, the identity of Christians, is is to evangelize, to to share Christ. So I, I think there is a kind of galvanizing. There is a kind of you know, uh, vision that's that's being imparted, you know, from the church and her documents, from the popes, and, and, and their kind of call, their consistent call that, that we do this, and 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 that gives me great hope um, that that the church will will thrive in the, in maybe in unexpected ways, you know, because those who are committed to the church and to the life of faith know that we are we are meant, we are called, we are. We are destined to share uh, the, the riches we've received. Mm-hmm. Father Thomas, um, do you, in your priestly experience and with your uh, priestly uh, brothers, do you see that this that the, the priestly task is uh, is being focused more now on mission 
rather than kind of maintaining uh, uh, the church as it was? Is there a, a stronger emphasis now on going out and equip, uh, equipping the saints on earth to go out and do the work of sharing the gospel? I think, I mean, I think it's gradual. I mean, uh, you know, like, like John was saying in the seminary, um, I, when I was there, it still was, you know, um, I, I mean, and part of it is language because I, I considered, uh, especially like priests like Father Brett Brennan or um, a couple other priests in, in the seminary when I was there, they were evangelists. I mean, sure. they were they were missionaries, you know. Yeah. Um, and. Uh, so I think part of it is, is language, and but the language has power. You know, the word changes us to think. To yeah. think, it changes the ecclesial culture that we're living in. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'll give you two examples. Um, and you'll have time for one. We've got thirty seconds. <laughs> oh, oh, so so there's a my home parish, Saint Agnes. They, if you look on their website, they changed uh, their their mission statement to we form. Um, Catholics to be missionary disciples. Interesting. And so the priests there, that's, that's what they see as their goal. That's and so it fantastic. is happening. And yeah. it can happen. Gentlemen, thank you very much for taking the time uh, to be with me today. And uh, we'll talk again. Thank you for your work. Great. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Father Thomas Cavanaugh and Dr. John Love, How to Win Friends for Christ. There's no place like home. Bravura Home Care gives seniors the option to live independently in the comfort of their own home. We give you peace of mind by providing individualized care options overseen by a care manager. We carefully screen all personal care attendants who are certified, bonded, and insured. We are owned and operated by a registered nurse with extensive hospice experience. Call Bravier Home Care today at 734-833-5506 or go to bravurahc.com. Severe drought is creating a crisis of malnutrition for more than 20 million people in Africa. Join Cross Catholic Outreach and help feed these suffering children and families. Your support will equip African priests, nuns, and Catholic ministries with the life-saving resources they need to serve the poor. Get more information at 866-765-4280, 866-765-4280, or visit crosscatholic.org slash Famine. Hello, this is Steve Ray, and my wife Janet and I would like to invite you to join us on the Catholic Heritage of Mexico pilgrimage. It's a great country of delightful surprises, one of the places where Christianity started in the Western Hemisphere. We're going to visit Mexico City, but we're going to spend a lot of time in Guadalupe with time to study and pray and learn as we go through this wonderful country. We hope that you can join us. To learn more about your Ave Maria radio trip, go to AveMariaRadio.net and find the pilgrimage link. If you've enjoyed Father John Ricardo's gift of teaching and preaching in the past, his new book, Heaven Starts Now, is the book for you. In his inspiring and incisive way, Father John addresses the obstacles we all face in becoming mature disciples. How do we learn to forgive? How do we combat fear and understand suffering? How do we worship the Lord, love others, and surrender our lives to God? How do we become saints day by day? Order online at AveMariaRadio.net under the store tab. That's AveMariaRadio.net under the store tab. Good afternoon. I'm Al Cresta, thanking you for being with me. 
there's a again a wonderful number of little charts in this book. It's short. Uh, it's only about what is it, 130 pages or so. Uh, the do's and don'ts of evangelizing conversations, right? So you get some tips there. Uh, examples of testimonies, so you get an idea of how uh, to craft uh, again two three minute uh, brief presentation of uh, what Christ has done in your life. And then, um, you know, you also, I like the stories in the book because it gives you a wide range of people who are going about this. You know, if you take a look at the New Testament, St. Paul preaches the gospel very different than St. Peter, and very different than St. James, very different than St. John. They've all got a story to tell. It's all the fundamental story, but they come at it from different directions. Thanks so much for being with me. I'll see you tomorrow for another edition of Cresta in the Afternoon. Cresta in the Afternoon is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. The executive producer is Nick Tom. To follow up on any of the guests or information presented on today's program, visit the Cresta Guest Archive at AveMariaRadio.net. That's A-V-E-M-A-R-I-A, radio.net. To listen to this or any other edition of Cresta in the Afternoon, visit the audio archives at AveMariaRadio.net. Or to order a CD of the program, call 734-930-4506 or email orders at AveMariaRadio.net. That's 734-930-4506 or orders at AveMariaRadio.net. Would you like a copy of this program? If you miss a part of this program or want to hear it again, Ave Maria programming can be made yours when you order. Just call 734-930-4506. Within a few weeks, you'll receive a copy of this show and any others you want to order on CD. Call 734-930-4506. Father Ben Lutke spoke about discipleship and her mother married to the Ladies of Heart to Heart Catholic Women's Apostolate last May. When Jesus was hanging from the cross, he said to the disciple, not that disciple, to the disciple. The word in Hebrew, Greek, and Latin is a generic form of disciple. So in other words, he didn't say to John. I mean, Mel Gibson really did a beautiful job, and it was only one mistake. He interpreted as Jesus saying it to John. This is Henry Root, your host for Putting On the Mind of Christ. He's a former actor. His enthusiasm for our Lord and Our Lady is contagious. His personal testimony is powerful. He humbly served for a time as Mother Teresa's driver. Put it all together and you have Father Ben Lutke. On our program this week, he speaks about Mary, Mediatrix of All Graces. Listen to Putting on the Mind of Christ this and every Sunday afternoon at 3, on Courting Saturday Afternoons at 6 on 990 WDEO, 1440 WMAX, and Radio.net on the Internet. Ever thought you'd make a bundle by trading in or selling your used vehicle only to find out it's worth a dinner for two? Well, it's much more valuable to donate your vehicle to Ave Maria Radio. Thousands of Americans donate their vehicle each year. The donation to Ave Maria is easy, tax-deductible, and supports our efforts to evangelize. A year from now, will you remember that dinner or your 